hey y'all, you tired of church teaching that just ain't right, it's kind of contrary to all God's word and such? Well, you need to know how to refute it. This here channel will help you out. We got answers. Welcome to Contending for Christ Apologetics, where old Danny boy seeks to equip you with some tools that you can go out and fight that good fight and really develop that there Christian faith. Now get after it, y'all. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to C4C Apologetics. I'm glad you joined us today. And and if you watched, or uh, I got to get used to not saying watched because you're not watching audio, you're listening. But if you listened to the first episode, the introductory, uh, I almost said video again, introductory audio episode, you realize that I mentioned that there are really three main categories of apologetics. I briefly mentioned the experiential apologetics, the evidential apologetics. Yep, you guessed it. You're right. The presuppositional apologetics. Now, what I figured I'd do here in this video, and actually the next three, not videos, uh, the next three audios, is to go ahead and break down each category of these apologetic methods so we can see them in Scripture and see how to actually use them in day-to-day -day lives. So today, you're right, we're talking about presupposition. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about experiential apologetics because that's the title of this episode, Experiential Apologetics. So what is experiential apologetics? Well, let me tell you what it's not, first of all. First, it is not apologizing for your experiences. Second, it is not experiencing apologizing. Okay, so what is it? Remember, we talked about apologetics and apology as far as giving a reason for something you believe in or something you are advocating for. It's as if you're in a courtroom setting, you have the defense attorney and the prosecutor, and they're both giving reasons on why they're arguing a particular position. And so with experiential apologetics is you are giving a reason for your faith or your belief in God using your experience. Now, experiential apologetics is actually considered the easiest way to witness and to argue the Christian faith and just reveal to an unbeliever, someone that's curious about the faith, why you believe what you believe. It's considered the easiest because if you're a Christian, you have a testimony. And your testimony is going to be different from every other Christian out there because your life is totally different. And so with your testimony, that's your experience. You've experienced what was your life prior to Christ, prior to realizing your need for a Savior, and then what is your life like now after receiving Jesus as your promised Messiah, your Savior, to cover you and remove all your sins? Now, Paul tells us in Corinthians that once that decision is made, that we're a new creation. And so the old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And so your testimony is just that. Pretty much, what were you like prior to Christ? And then once you received Christ as your Savior, what are you like now? How has your life transformed? And so, like I said, this is the easiest way to witness and evangelize because it is based on your experience, using your testimony. No one can ever tell you that your testimony or your experience is incorrect or not true because it's your testimony. However, even though it's the easiest way to witness, it is also considered one of the weakest methods. Yes, that's right. One of the weakest methods to evangelize. And it's considered weak because it's based upon your experience is based upon a subjective experience that the other individual may not have experienced at that point in time in their life. And so it's not based on any empirical evidence. 
It's not really based on any philosophical reasoning. It's just based on experiences. That being the case, it is still one of the easiest ways to get the gospel out to a lost and dying world. You know, you can use your experience and your testimony to explain how did you receive peace when you're going through tough times and trials? How have you overcome some problems, maybe some addictions? How has your heart changed? Or how has it felt to be reconciled back to God and other people to forgive? How were you able to forgive people that have wronged you so hard in the past? And so your experiences are definitely a very easy bridge to connect to an unbeliever and to be able to allow them to see their need for reconciliation to God. You see, experiential apologetics is found in Scripture. If we were to look in Acts chapter 22 and Acts chapter 26, we see that Paul used his testimony. You remember in Acts chapter 9 where he got saved on the uh, Damascus Road, where Paul had letters to go ahead and arrest Jews, uh, arrest specifically Christians or followers of the way, because of them professing and keep teaching and preaching the name of Christ. So while he was on his way to Damascus to arrest people, he actually came face to face with a vision of Jesus Christ and got converted on the Damascus Road. Well, Paul used his testimony two separate times in the book of Acts. They're found in Acts chapter 22 and Acts chapter 26. You see, in Acts chapter 22, Paul was arrested by the Jews for, quote-unquote, stirring up the people. Remember, Jesus was... Uh, not very popular to the religious leaders and the religious crowd because he was really upsetting the establishment. Also remember another important piece of information about Paul is the fact that he was the quintessential Jew. If you read in Philippians chapter 3, you read off all the credentials Paul had. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was zealous in the law. He was a Pharisee. He studied under one of the most popular Pharisees by the name of Gamaliel. He was circumcised on the eighth day from the tribe of Benjamin. He was pretty much the quintessential, the one Jew that everybody looked up to. And so for his conversion to happen would have been a powerful testimony to the actual truthfulness of Christianity. You see, when he did in Acts chapter 22 use his testimony to witness to the Jewish people there, do you think it was a failed witness encounter? You see, he was still arrested. He was actually about to be beaten until they realized he was a Roman citizen. And many still sought to kill him. You see, I don't see anything in scripture where it says anybody got saved during him recalling his testimony. So in human, human eyes, we would actually consider that evangelism effort possibly a failure. But was it a failure in Acts chapter 22? No, it was not a failure because Paul still proclaimed the truth of Jesus Christ through his conversion experience. We got to remember that just because people don't receive the gospel doesn't, doesn't mean it's a failed opportunity. Okay, but also let's talk to Acts chapter 26, Paul. Now, Paul was seen before King Agrippa because in Acts 22, he petitioned his Roman citizenship he got out of a beating, and he was being questioned by King Agrippa. Once again, he recounted his conversion experience on the Damascus Road. But yet again, we don't see anything that anybody was saved. And King Agrippa said that he was, quote-unquote, almost persuaded. 
You see, was this a second failed witness attempt by Paul? You see, he didn't get freed. He still was transported to a Roman imprisonment. Matter of fact, it said if he didn't appeal his Roman citizenship and appeal to go to Caesar, he would have had his freedom. So was this failed? No. Because again, he, he proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ and the method of salvation. And that's merely all we're trying to do with experiential apologetics and your testimony. We're trying to just tell people about God. We're trying to tell people about this Jesus who died for us and gave his life for ours and gave us the abundant life. We see Paul using his testimony. We see many other people in, in scripture using their testimony as well. So experiential apologetics is a very biblical concept. But just seeing it in scripture doesn't really help us because we need to find out how do we apply experiential apologetics in our life? How do we find opportunities in our lives to give a testimony or a witness of our experiences? Well, first and foremost, Colossians chapter 4, verse number 3, Paul tells us that we need to pray for opportunities. We need to pray for encounters. They're not chance encounters, they're divine appointments. We need to pray that God would open our eyes to find these opportunities to give a witness a testimony. You see, people have problems. You and I both have problems. We all have struggles and we all have trials. You see, trials, problems, and struggles are not unique to anybody. They're very common. And while we may not all be able to empathize with every single struggle somebody goes through, we can with many of those struggles. You see, you can explain to God how God allowed you to overcome similar struggles and problems that you hear other people are going through. As far as me and my testimony, I was heavily involved in alcoholism. And so anybody that's battling with that, I can definitely use my experience and testimony of conversion, salvation, and how Jesus, through the Holy Spirit's enablement, allowed me to stay dry for over 10 years. Or the fact of me fighting for acceptance by people and that I have acceptance in Christ and God. Or I'll use my wife as an example. She doesn't know this was coming. But the fact of my wife battling through not having a biological father in her life. So she can relate and empathize with those people that have absentee fathers. And what does it mean that God is the father to the fatherless? Or struggles with identity? You see, we all go through things. We all go through problems in our lives. And so we can relate to other people and just talk to other people on how God and Jesus has helped us through these areas in our lives and how Jesus is the answer for them as well. So how do we do this? One of the easiest ways to do this, and I love doing this when we go out to dinner. So you go to dinner, you go to your Olive Garden, your Sickies Garage, or wherever the case is, and you have a waiter or a waitress, right? So how many times do you actually ask the waiter or waitress what their name is? Probably hardly never. But it was Brent Fincham, who was a missionary, Word of Life missionary, who I saw this method used and I employed it. Not every time, I'm not perfect, but on a regular basis. First, you, you converse with them. Ask them how they are doing. That sounded very robotic. Ask them how they are doing. Ask them how they are. Ask them their name. And when you're talking to them, use their name. When you're at Timmins or Walmart or whatever the case is, and you see the cashier, don't just say thank you 
but say thank you Rhonda or thank you Jeremy or use their name make it personal but so you're sitting at dinner and you're talking to your waiter or your waitress and I I hope if not I encourage you to go ahead and give thanks over the meal before you have it but ask them Sally when we say the blessing, is there anything that we can pray for you or your family about? You'd be amazed at the type of response you get. Now, sometimes they'll get the response of, no, I'm good, everything's fine, and that's that's okay. But there's been a few times where someone has broken down at the table with me and my family because their loved one is going through cancer, or they're going through cancer, or they just lost a loved one. You see, this is your end. This is an ability for you to share your testimony Hey, I know exactly what you're going through because I went through that. And Jesus was able to help me get through it, and this is how. You see, the more we care about people, the more we pray about opportunities, the more we'll be able to do this experiential apologetics method. The more common it'll get, and the more comfortable we'll be. And the more we pray about it, the more we'll see it. Think about it. If you've ever bought a new car... I imagine that once you bought that new car, you're like, man, everybody got this car. It's all over the road. What changed? What changed? Your focus. You never really focused on that car until you actually bought that car. You see, we need to focus our, change our focus on God-given opportunities. To pray for opportunities to reach people. To pray for God to open our eyes, open our ears, give us the courage and the boldness to just speak up and to speak out. And just to remember that people are just like you and I. Same struggles, same problems. And they're the same people that Jesus died for. You see, remember that we're not called to save people. We're called to tell people. Paul tells us in Corinthians that one plants, one waters, but it's God that gives the increase. You see, do not determine your success or your failure upon the reception of your testimony by others. Don't judge your success or failure based on, did that person get saved? Did that person respond good? Judge your success or your failure by your obedience in giving your testimony when God presents the opportunity. Experiential apologetics is very easy to do. If you're a Christian, you have a testimony and you have a story. And I bet you had problems in life as well that Jesus got you through. You have the ability using your experience to help others through problems and trials. And the purpose of it is to reveal our great God so that they can contemplate their existence without him and see their need for a savior. Well, they have it just quick and succinct as far as what is experiential apologetics. Again, experiential apologetics is just using your experience to defend and articulate why you believe what you believe. So, I hope you liked it. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Go ahead and leave me a comment. Let me know your thoughts, whatever the case is. Share this podcast so we can get this information out to other people for God's glory and our edification. So I thank you for checking in. Until next time, God bless. <music>